Hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's Late Night Happy Hour. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Excited tonight to be joined by Aaron Larsoul, the host of the Officials Laker, Official Lakers podcast, and a guy who's playing hurt tonight. He's got how many pins in your hand, Aaron? Well, they've been removed. So uh, it was it was five pins at one point. They've been removed. Um, so no pins at this point in my, in my hand. Um, but a third surgery coming up to... Allow me to straighten my hand, as you can. You guys can't see if you're listening, but if you're watching, this is me trying to fully extend all of my fingers, and it doesn't look good. So um, another surgery. Oh god, that's to release. That is ending. genuinely grotesque. Woof. It, your hand, and actually, it's good thing you're drinking because your hand is basically in permanent holding glass shape. Yes, it's perfect. Yep, perfect. Ooh, like you can't do this, like. Uh, no, I cannot. This is me trying to. This is me extending it fully. And it, it's a spiral fracture. Uh, yeah, I had a, I had a displaced spiral fracture. Yeah. You know, you know what that makes you like. I think you. I think you will appreciate this reference because I think you actually reacted to this reference I one time made on Twitter. Okay. You are the Ryan Gosling of the nice guys because remember he had a s displaced spiral fracture that Russell Crowe gave to him. That's right. In the movie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like that yeah, was absolutely. the exact diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's not been great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it turns it, out you don't recommend getting one. No, if you have a chance to do that, I suggest you don't. Uh, Are you right-handed? I am. Yeah. Oof. Oh my yeah, god. So, so uh, what do you? What do you, What can't? Let's talk about the things you can't do. Okay. Not all of maybe <laughs> things you can't. What are the things you can't do? Luckily, luckily I'm lefty on generally with that, so I'm I'm good there. <laughs> like, oh. all, like, like like all pros, <laughs> you have to learn both hands. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, mom, my but mama, seriously, like, so what can't you do? On my Twitter, my mama texts me uh, about the show. She's probably asleep now, but I suspect she's going to be watching this tomorrow. So we probably, we'll go ahead and leave that alone for, for the rest of the day. We were talking yes. about shooting. I don't but know like, what you're but talking like about. Legitimately, when you're right-handed, yeah. when you're right-handed and your right hand is busted up like that, yeah. how much is this actually interfering with your life? Um, Quite a bit, actually. And I think we'll get into this. Uh, we'll, I think we'll, we'll get into this later, but one of my favorite things to do is cook. And so um, it has been... It has been difficult. I've had to figure out different ways to kind of be able to do that. I was in a cast for a while. I was in a splint for a while. So now it's better. It's still like I'm not all the way back and I have another surgery coming up to hopefully be able to extend my hand. Um, but I can pinch I can pinch the the knife like this and then kind of rest my three fingers. Uh, yeah, it's not you good. You can do salt bag. That's you can right. do the salt bag guy. Right. I can, yes. Um, it's, it's tough. It's 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 a challenge, but you know we got to adapt, right? So I remember <laughs> up here next when week. I when, when I was in high school, um, I broke my right wrist, and I'm right-handed, and mm -hmm. I had this is before I don't even remember. I don't remember if we had a computer, but if we had a computer, it wouldn't have mattered because. I was a pretty bad typist then. Like I really right. didn't type much at all. It was before everybody did everything on computers. Like honestly, you would have teachers who would discourage you from doing right. from doing stuff on computers because you know you're supposed to be writing it out. You know that's the easy way. Yeah, with the cursive too, right? Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I can't write cursive. Me either. I, I no, oh, he's never oh, been oh, able to write. Cursive. My hand was a disaster. One of us. One of uh, I I cannot. 
basically my handwriting was so bad when I was young. My teachers said like, don't like, don't do cursive. Like you, like you're, you've barely got printing down, like, you know, past the, the quality of a 10 year old. He only, and by the way, he only really only prints in like capital letters. Like you can't even write so lowercase yeah. normal but letters. I had to write in high school, a term paper left-handed because my right hand was in a cast and I really tried and I just could not write. Holy shit. That was difficult. So, so the absurd, absurd thing of all of this has been, uh, you know, I've had insurance for whatever, but I'm, I'm a guy, so I don't go to the doctor ever. Yeah. And I had, I had literally never used my insurance uh, until this. And so I had to, they just assigned me a primary care physician because I had never selected one. Um, and so I go there after this and, and they literally tried to have me fill Hi, out everybody. eight pages of paperwork, you know, like to pick my primary care physician and do it so I could get a referral to a, a hand specialist. I'm like, y'all know I can't use my hand, right? <laughs> like um, they literally sent me because it's COVID time, right? So they sent me back to the car to fill out all my paperwork. Right. So, I, I mean, you show up unable to do like so. Your hand is like this, and like you fill it out, like you know, basically, like you know, what? What do you think is your problem? So my hand is like this. Right. This, you, this you, is my this problem. I can't, I can't do anything. <laughs> so I'm literally with my left hand trying to fill out seven. That was not a. That didn't work very well either. Yeah, it, it's really, really like it is very difficult to write with your opposite hand. Like there are certain things that you know, like if you're if you're a good enough athlete, I think you know there are people like. You know, I mean, LeBron's an extreme example of this because he is both, you know, one of the all-time greatest athletes ever and mm -hmm. truly ambidextrous. But, you know, Kobe used to sometimes just shoot jumpers left-handed yeah. if he had an issue with, like, his wrist or one of his fingers or whatever. Like, you can make certain compensations. Writing with your opposite hand is damn hard. So I said I, – I, I tweeted this uh, – or maybe it was on my Instagram. I'm not sure, but um... – a, a couple months ago and like I, I I I've been talking bad about my left hand but you think like oh your left hand you can do or whatever your off hand is you can do a bunch of stuff with your off hand my left hand is a straight up punk fuck my left hand <laughs> like I'm, I've been expecting a lot from my left hand and it is worthless I'm like oh I can chop with my left hand or do whatever you're basically uh, your uh, left hand my left hand, hand is a punk LeBron, LeBron uh, does it. Football players talk about it all the time the next man up mentality. Your left hand is not, not worthless, no. completely worthless. I'm like, oh, my left hand should be like at least seventy five percent on my right hand. Nope. nope, my left hand is seventy five percent punk. My left <laughs> nope. hand is worthless. The only thing that I do, the only thing that I do, left handed better than right handed is shoot. Pull Hold on one second. You guys keep talking. When when I was when I was. Shoot, shoot what? Pool. Oh, okay. I shoot pool left-handed, and it's oh, because when I was a kid, one of our neighbors had a pool table, and he taught me how to play. But he was left-handed, and I oh, didn't okay. even know. I didn't even know the difference. He just taught me how to play how he played. Right. And then when I was like sixteen or seventeen, somebody asked me like, "Are you left-handed?" And I'm like, "No." And they said, "Why are you shooting pool left-handed?" I had no idea that I was, and I've tried now to shoot right-handed. Because if I could, I would have no bad angle whatsoever. Right. I can't shoot right-handed. No, if you could do either one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what's what's funny about that is, uh, so I was, 
I played ping pong the other day for the first time. And I think there's probably some overlap between uh, pool players and ping pong players. I don't know what it is exactly, but I think there's some overlap there. So I played ping pong uh, the other day, you know, with my mangled right hand and was okay. And it reminded me of, I used to work for the Trailblazers and the best ping pong player I've ever seen in my life is Rich Cho, who was the GM uh, for the Hornets for a while, for the Blazers before that. So when he was the GM, when I worked for the Blazers, we had like an end of season party at Chad Buchanan's house, who is the current GM of the Indiana Pacers. And we're like, oh, we're going to play a little ping pong, hang out. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't really play, but like, I'll hang out and we'll play some ping pong. And Rich comes in the house. I see him walking in the house, into Chad's house with his ping pong paddle, like in a little zip up kind of thing. And he's like, Aaron, you want to play? I go, nope. <laughs> I think, like, I, I think there, there's like a life lesson there. Anybody that brings, if they bring their own pool cue, yes. or ping pong paddle, don't play them. Yes. It's like, it's like uh, you've seen The Color of Money, right? Of course. You know, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise yeah. you know, Tom Cruise and Paul Newman, they're both playing mm -hmm. Hustlers. Uh, Paul Newman reprising his character from The Hustler. And on one hand, these guys, you know, they're anglers, they're professionals, they know what they're doing. But I always feel like the, they always show up at their own cues. You can only assume somebody's so bad if they have their Don't own cue. Yeah. If anybody has their own pool cue or their own ping pong paddle. Do not play. You know, I, you roll up and you pick one up off whatever the house cue is or the house paddle. Yes, right. You do. You do the thing. Maybe, maybe you do the thing where you kind of roll it on the table to see if it's warped. To see if it's like strange. maybe you do that in front of you. See if you're good. Yeah. Uh -huh. If they bring their like, own, you never want these. Yeah. Or if anybody's or should... unzipping anything. Don't yeah. Do you, it. Yeah. You need to get basically a custom cue, but the shittiest looking custom cue possible. Like it needs to be designed to look scuffed up and right. beat up. And, and it you, can, and it cannot be in any case of any kind. Right. And you, you just, you place that thing surreptitiously ahead of time on the rack, you know, even, and you just yeah. make sure that you get that thing off the rack when you're about to hustle. Because there, I just, there is no way that I would not assume somebody wasn't a pro if they have their own cue. Like I, I know people with pool tables that I'm not 100% sure have their own cues. Like, I think the cues they have came with the table. Right. And I'm always, and I'm always the one, like, I try to look like I know what I'm doing. Basically, in every situation, it's kind of my, uh, my standard mode of operation is just pretending like I know what I'm doing. And so I'm always like, you know, with the chalk trying to do the thing. And so you look like you know what you're doing, right? I have no idea. I'm a terrible pool player. <laughs> I'm trying to like, okay, okay, cool. But if I brought my own pool cue, don't play me. Does anybody actually know how the chalk works? <laughs> I have no idea. I use it all the time, and I have no clue what it does. I'm not sure oh, it does. Oh, oh, you know what? Though, but like, we're all we are all masters. We are masters of pool chalk relative to our ability to use uh, chalk in bowling and the the little wait, air vent wait, that goes over the ball. There's dispenser. chalk in bowling. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen oh. people like you know chalk so their hands. I have like the or... weird my, my hand sweats, so I have, it's a, like a syndrome, hyperhidrosis or whatever. So I'm good at holding my hand over the the vent, but I didn't know there was chalk. Man, your your shit's got all kinds of problems. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was your sweaty, your sweaty, disfigured, disfigured hand. Yeah. Oh, I'd by the way, 
Aaron is correct. Hyperhidrosis is abnormally excessive sweating that's not necessarily related to heat or exercise. Yep. You may sweat so much it soaks through your clothes or drips off your hand onto your bowling ball. That that's the exact definition. I, I'm I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, despite disrupting normal activities, this type of heavy heavy sweating can yep. cause social anxiety and it does. In fact, in fact, it does. <laughs> I, I can assure uh, you. Mon in fact, it does. Monty ten points out Rosenbag. Okay, Monty, I need that. Yeah, I mean, my best bowling game is like a one sixty something, and when I generally go, it's uh. Yeah, when I go, I'm generally like 101 when I when I go bowling. So I need something. So I'm not I, I look, I I don't believe in in like I, I really think one of the, the best things that we are moving towards as a society is dismantling certain uh certain uh old fashioned standards for what manliness is and what you need to be able to do to be a proper man okay uh standards of masculinity and right. things like that and right. focusing them on what's important if you can't bowl a hundred you're not a man <laughs> if you're a grown up if you're a grown yeah, man you should right. be able to bowl a hundred yeah now now are we talking like I'm not, I, 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 that's are I think where like, I'm drawing the line are we talking like black light bowling with the bumpers or no no, no bumpers. No bumpers. No but bumpers. But the black light, though, I kind of like the black light. Fuck off with your bumpers. <laughs> no, I'm I'm usually like I'm usually somewhere between like a hundred and a hundred and twenty. Generally, that's on fine. a good day, I'm I'm one thirty, one forty. I've gotten up that's to one eighty, no, but I'm, like I'm a terrible bowler. You don't need to be a two sixty. I'm just saying if you if you're and I'm not saying that every so often you don't screw up. You have an off. We all have off days, Aaron, where you right. don't bowl a hundred. But I mean, I'll put it out on the poll. Like, but I mean, if you are a grown man and you just chronically can't bowl one hundred, that fair. yeah, that's fair. But it, like, here's my hot take: um, bowling isn't fun. <laughs> like, I don't into like what's fun about bowling. Really, you don't like it? I no, love I don't bowling. like it. No, I'm not into it. Nope, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. It's not a good date. It's not fun to go with your boys. No, I'm not into it. I mean, like now, and, and I don't mean to get personal about no, this. No, let's get you, personal. No, do, what, are, do, what are we doing here? <laughs> do you let's think? You, do you think you'd feel different about it if you were not a sufferer of hyperhidrosis? I think it's possible. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: in addition to the fact, in addition to the fact that my hands sweat, I also even before this nonsense, I have enormous hands. My hands are like incredibly freakishly large. And so my fingers don't fit into uh, into the holes in the ball that well. And so I, I don't bowl with my fingers in the the drilled out holes. So oh, you're I, one of those guys who holds palms. Yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, so that may be another reason why I don't love bowling. Although the the, the like the hand vent to uh, to <laughs> blow up, to blow on the hyperhidrosis is is something I prefer. But um yeah, no, bowling just is not like nah, nah. I think if you're, I, I just think if it's, all if I picture you now. Girl, I just picture I you now at home just holding your hands before bowling. Date night, you you guys tell me. Oh, I agree with that. Date mini night with a new with a new girl. Date night, bowling or mini golf first. I mean, the answer is really neither. But which one first? Jeez, I've been married. Oh, mini golf, <laughs> absolutely mini golf. That's right. Yeah, mini golf. That's right. Yeah, I guess so. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very Karate Kid, but yeah, yeah. No, mini golf is the right answer because 
you can like come around or even pool. Don't bring your own cue, but pool because then you can like come around the back and help with the, I guess, stroke. My mom is going to watch this. A little, a little first day there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little creepy. First I mean, to take this all the way, it was what Daniel LaRusso did on that first date that's with right. Allie. He, he, is, he right. was actually helping her, which feels, let's be honest, Kind of it's degrading for mini golf. <laughs> <laughs> like doing doing that move for mini golf, it's 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 both obvious and a little bit condescending. <laughs> it is mini. No, golf. it is it is both of those things. Yeah, <laughs> it is all of those. It, yes, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, like the idea of hey, just after hey, this com- after this conversation, I just I, I picture you just standing around at home, holding your hands up, well, all these problems, holding your hands up to a mirror, going, "I'm hideous," <laughs> like just <laughs> it's just horrible problems. Like everything. Uh, why? Uh, I'm so what, is, what is the the? Uh, I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm a pretty big nerd, but maybe not enough of a nerd. What is um? Is it Golem in the the ring thing? The Golem, uh, yes. Gollum, yeah, yeah. Just looking at myself in the mirror like Gollum, yeah. <laughs> Why have you forsaken me, Lord, with these sweaty hands? <laughs> well, it's not just sweaty. <laughs> now, th- that's interesting, though, that you these type of hands... So, like, when you high-five people, that like, they're so big, does it splash? <laughs> not, yes. <laughs> so, no, in all seriousness, uh, I am, like... I am very aware of it. It's been a thing my whole life. So often, like shaking hands or high fives or whatever, you have to like, I wipe off on my pants or something beforehand. And sometimes it still is weird. Okay, now this uh, is interesting. Sorry, I didn't though. Even feel bad about it. Like, but this is interesting though, because like we were going to get into this later, but we might as well get to it now because it, you guys were going to get into hyperhydrosis. Later. No, no, yeah. we, no, no. You, you, have, you had this on the I have a whiteboard for every show, and it's the third thing on the list. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Aaron, we were going to get into your cooking because you okay. are a fantastic chef. We we right. had, I think, we had originally planned to go. Lakers then food, but now we're just going to shift into food and then eventually end up hitting the Lakers. Sure. But this is a sampling of Aaron Larsoul's work. This is number one we're looking yeah. at right now. And I'm yeah, reading so that the, seems that seems that's that's too busy. That's I don't like how I played it. That's so that's overly busy, but that's yeah, the shrimp and grits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Cajun spice shrimp and cheesy cauliflower grits with bacon lardons. Blistered tomatoes, charred leeks, fr- fire roasted corn, Fresno peppers, Parmesan, scallion curls, and herbs. Yeah. Number two, number two in terms of what we've got for for the folks to look at. Whoa. Oh yeah. See, that looks better. Yeah, I like that better. That's that that's that's plated better. Yeah. This would be a medium rare New York strip over green onion and shishito peppers with charred Brussels sprouts, charred cauliflower, charred green onions, charred Brussels sprout leaves, crispy shallots, red wine, balsamic fish sauce reduction. Looks incredible to me. And then number three, which good. Oh, there God, we go, man. Good effing God. <laughs> your your victory dinner, um, Christmas. Uh, Robin yeah. Carlin at Robin Carlin bullied me into cooking for myself. Hate the plating, but surf and turf with sous vide and seared fillet, butter and garlic, uh, jumbo shrimp, frizzled onions, cream spinach sauce, wine reduction, herb garnish. These are all really impressive, Aaron. And Thanks. we've and we've just learned that you've done all of this while apparently risking cutting your hands all the time because of all that sweat. 
Yeah, and and a and a right hand that I think all of those are are recent enough that I it's, they were cooked with a right hand that doesn't work. Um, yeah, shout out. Uh, <laughs> they are not serving money. They are not serving that at the snack bar at the bowling alley. Um, yeah, shout out to you're like, uh, you are Robin. you're you're Kobe playing left handed. Yeah, with the with the busted the busted pinky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Raider Ryan, if this dude complains about his plating skills one more time. That's my that's my that's my man Ryan. That's my man Raider Ryan. Um look, it's it's a category on Iron Chef for a reason. Yeah, so I um I love to cook. Um I guess I'm okay at it, but sometimes I have so much going on in my brain about what I'm going to do that I think I overcomplicate the plating. And I frustrate mm. myself, but um, yeah, it's it's especially during quarantine, right? It, at this point, it's like what are we ten months in or whatever? Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 allowed me to give me. It's something to do. It's something to uh, you know occupy my mind. I love to cook. I love to entertain people. I love to my one of my favorite things to do is to cook for people. Um, that really hasn't been happening so much in quarantine, but it allows me to occupy my mind. And, you know, I, I'm able to plan out dishes. Let me think, what am I going to do? Let me go to the store. Let me get whatever I need to get. Let me cook it all, you know, all day. So it, it really has been something to occupy my mind and, um, keep me from some of my <laughs> worst impulses otherwise, um, I enjoy it, but but frankly, like a lot of those, yeah, they look good, but I don't love some of the plating. I it can can get too busy. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I wouldn't eat it because the plating is just too busy. Um, <laughs> Thank but, you. Hey, that's uh, that's the truth is the truth. A uh, quick update here on the poll: If a grown man can't bowl a hundred with some degree of consistency, is he less of a man? Seventy percent say yes. Yeah, <laughs> you are no, less I, of a man. I, if think, I think they are correct. Yeah, I, I, agree. I feel I feel like sub one hundred is the definition of child. Like, and I'm not judging yeah. that child if they can't break a hundred. They they are, after all, a kid. But I am. like, I think by the time you are old enough to vote, you should be able to bowl a hundred. Like, like I, I actually, actually don't think you should be able to vote. In, I was just going to say <laughs> that should be uh, that should be uh, like everybody screw, in Georgia. Before, screw voter ID. Before we can have the Senate runoffs, there should be you have to poll a hundred before you get in line. Well, I mean, look, we we don't actually, you know, and and there's obviously a very ugly history when this country when they attempted these, you know, these false tests of knowledge or whatever. It was right. really. Too, to keep black people you could have from just said voting. there's very ugly history in this country. I know, but I wanted to be more specific. <laughs> like I wanted to lay out exactly what I'm talking about. It was really to keep, you know, black people, and if you want to extend it a little bit further, poor people, uh, from being able to vote, you know, the right. back when they used to actually test for it. But the Indeed fact remains was. the fact remains that we don't we don't test for any type of knowledge, you know, like voting knowledge, how are you up on the issues, whatever, when people get right. to vote, and, and that's ultimately fine. But maybe this should be the test. Like, like I feel like if you can't break a hundred as an adult, you may just not be a responsible adult. Period. No, I'm to be it. able to vote. No, I, I'm with it, and it, and it also. I mean, because I think we've decided that it's an acceptable. I disagree, but I think you two have decided it's an acceptable first date. 
uh, going bowling. So I think it's I'm fair. Not, it's not it's not my first choice, but I think it is an acceptable it's an acceptable idea. I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not like, like, okay. No, right? Says, says, first, says, first day. Says what did you do on your bachelor, first day? But... Oh, I took her bowling. Okay, that that's a thing people do. What did you do for your first day? Oh, we went to a taxidermy exhibit. Like that's not like that's not something I mean, people. Those do. are the two options, I guess. Bowling, but, <laughs> right? I mean, although I think mini golf is better. And and to Andy's point, I think I'd rather go pool sharking if that's a <laughs> term. Although don't bring your own cue. Um. Yeah, I, th I think that's fair. I, I that's mean, a hell of a first day. Are we holding the ladies to the same standard? Guys, guys and girls both got to bowl 100 yeah, before they that, can vote? Yeah, I mean, like, look, there needs to be something <laughs> that qualifies you to vote. Like, you know, I again. Of course, bowling 100 is, it's just yeah, like, like, that should be fine, like, right? Because, you know, the... <laughs> Maybe a little there's, arbitrary. There's Maybe. The ugly, there's the ugly history with tests. Like, you know, there's, I, I think the... You know, the the laws that prevents people, you know, like felons or whatever from voting, I think are ugly. I think those should be they got are. rid of. I they feel are. Like and by the way, and to bring this back to Los Angeles and sports and basketball, shout out to LeBron for the work that he did yes. um, paying off some of those fines so yes. that mm -hmm. uh, yes. felons were able to vote. That That's, but, that's big. But I feel like being able to break 100 you know, I I realize you can unpeel the the layers of the onion a bunch of different ways, but this feels like about as sort of you know neutral a way of testing. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm kind of I'm really with it. I'm kind of with it. Yeah. I, I, all I'm will, all I'm saying is, constitutional scholars should look into it. Just look into <laughs> right. it. Right. I mean, there's I, I don't know if the founding fathers who also were like raging racists and didn't well, they, want to. they had duck pin bowling back <laughs> but like maybe the founding fathers I, maybe that's what they uh I mean, there there is as i believe there's a bowling alley in the white house i'm not sure the president had it installed but i think it was nixon is, put that in cool, well, cool we want to do we want to follow whatever nixon cool yep <laughs> he should be a, the beacon of <laughs> of presidentiality sure so nixon cool um, before we do, before we go, and we don't have to do this now. We had when Om Youngmasuk was on last week. We had he had shoes behind him. And we had him go through his collection. So we're gonna actually ask, we're gonna make sure that we do this with you. Okay. Uh, behind him, I'm like using my cursor on the screen as if anybody can see that. But all those shoes, we're gonna we're gonna take some shoe questions and talk about shoe highlights. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about tonight's game because this was, I mean, like the Lakers and our friend Anthony Irwin just kind of tweeted this out during the game as the Lakers, you know, halfway through decided they were just going to go ahead and suffocate the, the Pelicans yeah. uh, en route to their 11th or 12th win year. 12th, 11th. Uh, it doesn't matter. I believe it's their 11th. 11. 11. 11 and three. Um, yeah. One 12, 95, they win uh, Friday night. So the, the, what was I talking about? I forgot my line of thought here. Their 11th uh, you were talking about, how good the Lakers are presently. Oh, right. He just, he, oh, yeah. he tweeted out just like the Lakers are really good. They like, are. And they're, they're like, just, they're really, yeah, they are very, very good because tonight was a night where I, you know, they were not going balls out and you could just see as it went on, they, they played that third quarter. They won a 27 to 13 where they're like, okay, we're going, we, we're not giving this game away. It's a long season. Yeah. And you saw, like, you could see the transformation of them turning it up to where it needed to be 
tonight, and I was talking to Andy about this. We were sort of texting back and forth. LeBron's like energy output to positive outcome ratio is like one to one. It's 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 perfect. Like he exerts everything yeah. he does to exert energy into the game, whether it's passing, scoring, whatever, whatever he decides to do, the payoff is like exact what it needs to be. It's it's like watching a Jedi at this point. Yeah. So LeBron is an alien. He's just an alien, right? LeBron is um, just as good, at 98%, just as good as he's ever been. Um, <clears throat> at some point, we assume that LeBron is going to be human again, that father time is going to catch up because father time always wins, but it's not now. It isn't this year yet. And this is year 18. And LeBron is still and has been the best player in the NBA. And what he is doing is just simply like nobody's ever done it before. And I don't suspect anyone will ever do it again. The Lakers remind the Lakers, are the best team in the NBA. And they remind me of those Warriors teams, a couple of those Warriors teams with Kevin Durant. I grew up a Warriors fan. Um, so I pay, other than the Lakers, I pay pretty close attention to the Warriors. Working in the NBA kind of takes the fandom out of you. But I still pay attention to the Warriors more than any team other than the Lakers. And it reminds me of those. Now, I don't, I don't think this Lakers team is as good as those Warriors teams, those Warriors teams with, were like literally all time, probably the best teams ever, but they remind me of those Warriors teams when in, in the way that when they care, there is a switch that the Lakers can flip. Even that wasn't there last year. There is a switch that the Lakers can flip. And when they flip that switch, when they care, and when they flip that switch, you don't have a chance. They suffocate you on defense and they are so dominant offensively that when the Lakers flip the switch, and it often happens in the third quarter as it did as it did today, late second quarter, but then the third quarter, especially today, when the Lakers flip that switch, there is literally nothing you can do about it because their guys are better than your guys. LeBron and AD are the two of the best few players in the league, <clears throat> and they also come at you in waves, and they're also smart and play well together um, this year, as opposed to last year, the Lakers was obviously the best team in the league last year, but this year, um, I think some of the additions that have been made, the pieces fit better together and the, the overall basketball IQ, they just, they choke the life out of you and it's demoralizing to other teams. You know, it's funny, actually, I, I hadn't really thought about this until tonight, but you know, teams that flip the switch. Sometimes it ends up working out. Sometimes it can be a really dangerous game. There's been, you know, there's been examples of Lakers teams in the past that have been able to that have been able to do it. There have been examples of Laker teams that have gotten burned. Yeah, the but Clippers think, tried last year and it wasn't there. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you know, like the 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 2011 Lakers, for example, very much, and a lot of people covering them, including Brian and I, for a while like believed in that ability to flip the switch. And even though there was a lot of tangible evidence that they weren't going to be able to, but that was a group that had just you know gone back to back, that had gone to three straight uh, finals. So you end up giving a benefit of the doubt. But one of the things that I think really makes me feel strong about the Lakers doing this 
is I don't think they're doing it because they're bored with the regular season. I think they're doing it because they recognize what they've gone through up to this point and how taxing everything was. And this is a necessity as opposed to just blowing off the regular season. It's, we it's saw business, it's businesslike. It is yeah. <laughs> so we I think that so teams generally they um they take on the persona, they take on the personality of their coach and their best player or players. And LeBron very specifically will not let the Lakers just kind of coast. Um, he And he has in the past, right? Like those, those Cleveland teams that knew they were going to play the Warriors and knew they were going to get their brains beaten in the finals kind of coasted during the regular season and LeBron ramped it up. But I don't know if it is LeBron – specifically understanding the opportunity and or understanding his mortality, his NBA mortality. Um, but LeBron is not permitting these the Lakers to kind of coast. Um, I think that's part of it. I also think that Anthony Davis went through a few years of feeling like he was beating his head against the wall, being a really, really good NBA player. Now he's a top five or seven NBA player. And I think Anthony Davis is enjoying the fact that he's on the best team in the NBA. And so the two of them are not letting the Lakers kind of coast. Um, and I think it's also LeBron is very specifically um, aware of, again, right? Like this, this team is a new challenge. He won the title last year, but this team is a new challenge because Trez is here. And Dennis Schroeder is here. Um, and Mark Gasol is here. So I think that has energized LeBron mentally. And LeBron is not letting them take days off. Look, there's, it's human nature. Sometimes when you know how good you are, sometimes you're going to take a step back. Sometimes you're going to let it kind of slide. But this team is in the, this team is built in the image of LeBron. And LeBron is not letting them take time off. And I think the other interesting point here, an important point is, I I suspect the Lakers are, just like I did in the bubble, just like I thought of the bubble, I think the Lakers are going to do better than other teams as it relates to COVID protocols, mm -hmm. as it relates yes. to staying safe. Because the, I don't want to say the guys are afraid of LeBron, but they all heed LeBron's <laughs> you know, warnings and LeBron they're, is they're not afraid of Jason. Him. I'll be honest with you. I think COVID is afraid of LeBron. I think what you're talking about though, about the sort of the business like nature of about the taking the cues from LeBron and on all these things is what makes it different than some of the Cleveland, Miami, whatever is that. And this, it was a great point that Ohm made uh, as well. LeBron's comfort level with himself, with where he is, with all of this, He's doing all of these things with the focus and and the, the the calculation of how to get the team through the season and pushing the right buttons on with much more joy than there seemed to be mm -hmm. five years ago, seven years. I'm not saying Absolutely. he didn't love the game, but there's a joy to it. And so all of that sort of passive-aggressive stuff that was a problem back then, and, I, and, and the context is different, being 36, last stop on the thing, all of that stuff, you know, a made man makes a difference, but it also allows everybody around him. It allows AD to thrive. It allows all these other guys to also participate joyfully in this thing that they're doing. 
And that's part of the reason their ha- their their chemistry is so good. It's fun. So I, I think that I think that's a lot of it. And um, I got to travel right with the team last year um, before COVID and the year before LeBron's first year. And I've been around. I worked for the Trailblazers for a while, so I've been around NBA teams a long time. And last year, there was something just different. They genuinely liked each other. Um, and they're, they're like, I, you don't know how much that matters, right? You can't quantify how much that matters, but it matters. And, um, like as it relates to the Clippers, right? The Clippers are really talented. They were last year, but you could tell early on that they just didn't like each other like that. Um, they also hadn't played together, but so when those, when, when the moments come where you are challenged, right in the playoffs, if you face adversity, whatever it is, somebody gets hurt, whatever adversity you face during a year, the Lakers had that, and I think do again. I haven't been around much as much this year um, with COVID, but there is something there. <clears throat> excuse me. There's something there that when the guys like each other, when they feel like they can depend on each other, there is there is like some institutional thing there that makes it more fun, that gives you that extra energy, especially because there's no fans there. It gives you that extra energy when you don't have it because you just enjoy being around each other. There is a cohesion. And I don't think that's been true of LeBron teams in the past. I think it has been more like LeBron is over here and everybody else is over yeah. here. I mean, it was it was that way. Le- LeBron's first year with the Lakers, there there was a lot of separation with, with that team. And, you yeah, know, I mean, and, it, so, it, I mean and, and to be fair to LeBron, right? Because I was around, I was around that team, uh, LeBron's first year. I was around all the time you know, on the plane, on the bus, whatever. And um, to be fair, like to LeBron, he tried. But it did like all of that, all of the stuff about are we going to trade, you know, the, the failed Anthony Davis trade, all of that stuff. Um, the the younger guys like that, that affected them. Um, and I, I would, I saw LeBron on the bus trying to engage with those guys, and frankly, they were just at a different place in their life, a different place in their career, uh, in their basketball journey. And and by the way, good dudes, right? Like Lonzo's a really good dude. Kuz, who's still around, Kuz is my favorite guy on the team. Um, you know, Bi, a really good dude, and can hoop, and he's he's he was good tonight, and he's really good, but like. It's it's hard to have LeBron pull in that direction with those guys that are trying to figure out their lives and figure out their basketball lives. Yep. And he would say, like, the way that LeBron would try to interact with them was often, "What is my son listening to? Who <laughs> like, yeah, who who are he? Who, he what, what he, he talked so, about that that yeah. you know his his kids were closer in age to you know or the the Laker kids were closer in age to his own kids yeah. than him." And yeah. you know there is that type of generation gap. And look, it's I think it was also hard to be you know to be fair to Bi and Lonzo and Hart and Kuz. You know it was hard when they knew. Yeah, LeBron wants this trade to happen. Like he is dying for this trade to happen. That's hard for them too. I mean, it, look, even like Rajon Rondo said, like this period has been difficult. You know, I mean that guy's been through everything. So I mean, all all of it's hard. But like you look at you, you were talking before about like the Clippers not getting along. Right. You can still win a lot if you don't get along. 
Sure. But the talent has to be three P Lakers. But the talent has to be that much better. It has to be overwhelming. Yeah. And it also it just becomes harder. It's just harder. It's not impossible, but you are adding things, you are adding elements that make it exponentially harder. And that's just reality. It has to be overwhelming because there are going to be moments. And right, even even with the Lakers. Right. The Lakers, I thought, were the best team in the league last year. But there are going to be moments, no matter who you are. I mean, like, even if you're the Warriors from, whatever, 16 to 18, like, in 19, even if you're the Warriors, there are going to be moments where it's not coming together, right? Where you have to, where you are facing adversity. And that is when you have to draw upon that cohesion, that how long have we been together? How long have these lineups played together? Do we know where everybody's going to be? How how do we get how well do we get along? You know, like and people think it's silly, right? Like the guys that go out to dinner on the road or whatever, right? But that kind of thing, it doesn't always matter. But when you face that adversity, it matters. I think well, these last season, I, Andy and I have had the chemistry debate forever, um, mm-hmm. and I think there are some sports where it matters more than others. Um, and there are some contexts where it matters more than those. The three Pete Lakers are a great example of how, like you said, it doesn't, you don't have to have your stars be best friends to win titles. Obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think we've seen though, two sports seasons where chemistry is more important than last year entering the bubble. And yeah. what is happening this year where, functionally, particularly on the road, particularly now with the new uh, COVID protocols, guys are essentially, if they're following the rules, and I think the Lakers are pretty fastidious about this because they understand what's at stake. Yes. If guys are following the rules, you are basically prohibited from seeing anybody who isn't on your team. Well, when at you're this on point, the road, I mean, not basically at this point, now that the rules have been right. I mean, at home, uh, you, you, know, you can see like, your wife actually, and kids. Yeah. Right, you can see your wife and kids at home, but on the road, like you got your team, and that's it. Yeah. And in the bubble, you had your team. That was yeah. it. And so, if you don't like being around your team, you've got problems. Well, it and matters. also, and so in the bubble, um, one thing that, and I, I didn't go to the bubble, but I, I talked to people that were there and heard, you know, whatever. But um, I think that one of the reasons that the Lakers were so successful in the bubble was because. LeBron is a master at knowing when, I mean, and this goes back to, right, like his interaction with Kevin Love, his interaction with with all the young guys at the Lakers. LeBron is a master at knowing when to go to the carrot and when to go to the stick. Um, And so I think that LeBron figured out in the bubble that I can't just always be like beating these guys' heads in. Right, because eventually, like you see with, like you see with um, assistant coaches. I mean, excuse me, like you see with head coaches in the NBA. Like eventually, I don't care how good you are. Eventually, your voice is going to get tired. Um, no matter how good you are, eventually you're going to wear these dudes out. And so LeBron, I think, is a master of figuring out which guys do I need to beat their heads in because they're not doing enough, and which guys do I have to coddle. And so I think. Like the guys that were very, were all like one way, straightforward, straight ahead in the bubble, that wasn't going to work. You were going to wear your guys out. And so LeBron did a really good job of getting on guys, but then pulling it back and giving guys a little praise here and there. 
Um, and that's, let me throw, frankly, that's what leadership is. Yeah, absolutely. Let me throw this hypothetical out for you guys. How would 2010 Kobe have handled a bubble, handled the bubble and handled the, like the team inside the bubble? Poorly. I mean, he, he would have been absolutely dominant on the court. Sure, he'd have played well. I just yeah, mean like would, I just I don't think Kobe um and I've been around I was around Kobe some but not a ton. But I don't think I don't think Kobe could turn it off. And LeBron is like able to turn it off some. And I don't think Kobe I don't think Kobe I, he just wasn't it. Kobe was always 100 miles an hour. And I don't think he could have. I don't. I don't think he had the ability to, or or maybe he just chose not to. I, but, you know, like Kobe ramping it down. Just and I, I. This is not a question that I've ever thought about before, and so I'm I'm trying to think it through at the same time. I, 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 I'm I, curious what people in the chat think. I just because 2000 like retired Kobe would have been fine, but 2010 Kobe right. was a pretty intense dude. Um, thinking about this now, you know, because we we covered those teams, I think it. I think Kobe would have been great, like you were saying, Aaron, in terms of his own performance, obviously. And I think also, too, like Kobe would have been good at, you know, just making sure everybody maintained focus in such weird circumstances. But I think, you know, be, what we saw a lot with those teams was that Lamar Odom was their emotional leader and Derek Fisher was the conscience of the team. And I think in the circumstances of the bubble, those two characteristics would have become that much more important. Like, you know, Lamar's ability to really bring guys together, because I, I think nobody on that team, Brian, you can disagree if you want. I don't think anybody was better on that team at bringing guys together than Lamar. I mean, like Lamar was easily the most popular guy in that locker room. I mean, he's one of the most popular guys, I think, in the NBA, period. Like nobody just no, I think. It yeah, sort of the no, NBA family. Yeah, I mean, nobody dislikes Lamar Odom. I don't I think, think it's ever... possible Kobe would have like fist fought somebody outside <laughs> of <laughs> outside of one of the. Uh, I don't. What, I don't. I don't even remember the name of the hotels, but I, I think it's possible Kobe would have like thrown hands with somebody. May, I mean, look, it's a lo it's a long time. You know, I mean, LeBron has never hesitated. To remind people just how much he hated days. hated being in the bubble. We we all know ninety six days. Like he yeah. he will remind you at any ninety five days. Ninety five days. I think it was ninety five days, ninety six nights, something yeah, like okay. that. Yeah, ninety five days because the the ring is yeah. But I if I if I had to predict this, and Brian, this is a really interesting question. I think I think those characteristics of in particular Lamar. And, and fish and even guys like josh powell who were, <laughs> were, were okay. real, josh was really respected was super powerful uh, uh, yeah. uh, popular in that locker room very 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 yeah josh was i mean talking about kobe kobe respected the shit out of josh powell like it, kobe would rave about powell all the time because you know by nba standards josh powell was not the most talented guy out there no. at all no, but Josh worked his ass off, was incredibly professional, and I think maximized the talent that he had. Like Josh Powell played to the just utmost ability 
that he had at the NBA level. And I, I think guys like him would have been really important. You know, like I, I think actually a lot of the individual personalities, you know, like there's somebody by like round two would have told like Sasha, stop speaking. Like you're not allowed to speak for the rest of the time we're in this bubble. Just for the, for the greater good. Don't take this personally, but you, you can't talk anymore. Like, Don't take this personally. You can't talk anymore. There's really no other way to take that. Yeah, no, that, that seems kind of personal. But am I wrong? No. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I, did, I don't know. I, I saw no, they, and I, I realized, now, look, every, but... every member of the team is valuable and all that stuff. They would have done a – was it was, was it Rashawn Holmes who just, like, accidentally wandered across the border to get uh, – Yeah, up? to pick up his yeah, his right. postmates, yeah. They would have thrown Sasha over the border for, for a postmate <laughs> order. <laughs> you better not talk bad about my guy. Hey, those, oh, no, those, we, we love Sasha. Oh, those, Sasha. Those free throws matter. Look, we love – <laughs> but Sasha graded on all of his teammates in times. Yeah. <laughs> like he just yeah, I mean, I mean it's still the best clip ever is the one from that preseason game where he's dribble, 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 and Bynum just you can hear on the audio because it's a preseason game or whatever, and there's nobody like nobody's talking about throw me the fucking ball. <laughs> <laughs> it is so that that, that and the clip you can find all these on YouTube and I highly recommend people do I'll find it right now. The clip of it's I think also a preseason game. You see Sasha trying to run some pick and roll with DJ Benga, and DJ didn't do what Sasha wanted him to do. And maybe Sasha may have been correct about what DJ was supposed to do. But he starts chirping at DJ, and DJ starts going back at him, and Lamar breaks him up. Lamar's like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. And I think it's Kevin Harlan is calling the game. He's like, I don't know if Sasha wants to be doing this. Like, DJ Benga's a, like a black belt. This <laughs> like, is true. It is true. Like, Benga's like a martial art artist. I think it's, I think it's fascinating that – or not fascinating. I just think that um, it's really interesting that – I, I think last year and then this year, um, the like interpersonal dynamics of teams probably matter more than they mm -hmm. ever have because there aren't fans there and because this is such a strange time and because you have to spend more time with your guys isolated. Um, I, th I think the interpersonal dynamics, all the stuff that we've made fun of, you know, and talked about and had these fringe stories forever, I think it matters more now than it ever has before. Yeah, I found like, the clip, by the way, so hold on one second. I'll, oh. I'll share it. Like, you know, I mean, what, what we've seen with the chemistry of this Lakers team, beyond them getting along really, really well, and we've all been around them, they really get along well. Yeah, they, I mean, this, yeah, this is actually it's, – it's, it's legitimate. It's, it's right, a – oh, Here we go. Can you guys see that? Yes. Yeah. Just under three minutes to play in this third quarter. <laughs> oh, and the, the best I part mean, about that is, like, you know, Bynum was decent, it was a decent post up thread, but the best part about that is how now, whatever, 10 years or so later, how worthless of an attempt that would have been had Sasha thrown him the ball. Yeah, <laughs> everything we know now would say don't do that. No, every, everybody right now would be yelling at Bynum Get for demanding the ball from a shooting specialist like Sasha. In the post, <laughs> what are we doing? 
Oh God, that's it's something like the the clips of those. Like even like you, know, you you don't even have to go back. Go back to two thousand. You know, again, two thousand ten. Watch some of those games against the Celtics. How much further inside the three point arc the game yeah, so is? It's, 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 it's yeah, just a different go back game. to two thousand one. It's like they're not allowed to be more than eight feet away. From yeah, I, it's not even the same sport. I actually, I, you know, Lakers fans aren't going to like that, but I, I like this. But I, there's something going around. Uh, I believe it is the '84 Finals against the Celtics, and it's I want to say it's Game Three or Four, and the first two minutes are on YouTube, and it is just awful. It is like it looks like a different sport, like. Nobody, literally, nobody can dribble with their left hand. It is literally like zero zero for the first two minutes. It's just you know like terrible eighteen foot jumpers that aren't close. It's bad post ups that it it is horrible. You watch literally like last dance. Like like every game in the last dance is eighty three to seventy nine in the fourth quarter. And Jordan does his highlight thing. I can't remember what it is, but I think it's the eighty four finals, and it's game three or four. Go look at it on YouTube or on Twitter. Try to find it. And it's literally, it's in the first two minutes, it's 0-0 because nobody can do anything. It is horrific. Like, I I mean, we get like all the cool, like, you know, everybody loves all the old Laker teams and all the old, the 95, 96, like all those old teams. They would get obliterated by teams today. Okay. I just looked up uh, in 1989, uh, the, I, I think, sort of the last year of Showtime. You know, like yeah. uh, uh, Kareem. It was Kareem's final year. Yeah, Kareem was, Byron, Kareem was my age. Byron and Michael Cooper led the team in three-point attempts per game at a whopping 2.6. Yeah, it's still. Like, they were the gunners at less than three threes per game. Yeah, I, mean, we, yeah. I know you guys were talking yesterday about, uh, about uh, a friend of all of ours, Michael Thompson. Um like ask him, right? Like ask him what his son would do to those teams. He would make a hundred three. I mean, it would be silly. Yeah, but like I will say, like the one thing that it does that does stick out when it works. And again, you go back and you watch like every single game in the Last Dance that Jordan, you know, these big takeover moments and all whatever. You peek down in the corner and it's it's eighty six to to eighty three with yeah. two minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's like, oh my God. Um, but those moments where it worked, the ability for guys like Magic Bird like to pass in tight quarters yeah. when 10 guys are inside this arc, which you know, again served more as an electric fence than an incentive to step outside and get an extra point on a jump shot. Um, it is it's it's remarkable, but the ability to be able to move the ball like that. Um, but overall, I I'm with you. I mean, I you know. Begin the highlights of Showtime. All this stuff are great, but overall, it is a much more entertaining game to watch today than anything it was, at least in my life. I don't, I don't understand. Like, so there's this thing. We have this all this nostalgia, right? For like, this was our, my father's NBA, right? We have nostalgia for back in the day, but I don't understand every th- now everything advances, right? Whether you think it's better or not, like technology advances, science advance, like whether you think it's better or not, fine, but like. I don't understand why people think that basketball is the one human endeavor that doesn't get better <laughs> over time. It's silliness, right? Like 
the, the like the athletes are better. The shooting is everybody's like, oh, the guys. There's no fundamentals. The guys can't shoot now. Go watch a game from 1985. It looks like an all-star game. Everybody can make a bunch of jump shots because nobody's guarding. It looks like an all-star game. It's wide open, 18 footers all the time. Oh, the fundamentals are better. No, they're not. Nobody's guarding, and also <laughs> nobody can dribble with their left hand. It's it's terrible. Go go watch. Literally go watch. I. Go watch. I think it's the '84 finals. Go watch Game Three or Four. Magic Johnson doesn't dribble with his left hand. It's not like teams now would destroy this Lakers team right now. Would it would beat whatever Lakers team, whatever Showtime team you want. They would beat them 140 to 92. They would embarrass them. <laughs> it would be. It would like it. It would. It's silliness. Although. Right? Like, Although I will say this, Magic still would have thrived. <laughs> Ma- like, can you imagine like Magic? Magic? Well, the best, okay, the best fine, players fine, would be fine. great in any era, exactly. but not yeah. Magic. Magic A didn't guard anybody, and B couldn't shoot. Yeah, Magic, but like, that type of passing though, like, it's, it's and that type of rebounding, right? and it's you know, valuable. I, but like, just th- but think about the looks though that other people would get with Magic setting them up in this era. I, oh yeah, my god, magic Lord. is like six, yeah, but, but, you know, but the, that size. Yeah, no, I get it, but magic is like like he's uh he he's he's Simmons, he's he's Draymond, like right? He's like like yeah, magic is still a really good player. And Bird, like, could he make a bunch of threes? Probably. Maybe, probably. Now, if he came up in this era, could he? Probably. Oh yeah, I mean, like it's always. Who is Larry Bird? Who is Larry Bird guarding? Well, like here's the thing, though. When you make those assumptions, you have to. You can't just import Kevin McHale and Kevin McHale's 1986 body to today. You have to assume that you know fitness and all the like. You know what does a fit version of of uh, Kevin McHale? look like you know like you have to it's, yeah. well, it's only fair and, they, and like and some of these guys are games, so they're probably like, fa- look yes I, bird I, with I, a three-point line bird with a three-point line like that he act that people actually used would be insane like that much more crazy good so here's the thing probably i think yeah. that's pr- i think that's probably fair. right but i know that like there's also a chance he's Nikola Mirotic in booty shorts. Like I, I, <laughs> I okay, that's too strong. I, I even I, I'm not I accepting that one. I don't even think the Lakers people on this board are willing to accept <laughs> Nikola Mirotic in booty shorts. Okay, I'm gonna for probably, Larry. No, Bird. you're no, you're probably right. But no, I, I, I feel I'm definitely right. He would not be Nikola Mirotic. I know what they do. No, he would not be Nikola Mirotic in booty shorts. No. Yeah, I know. I, I don't feel I'm probably right about this. I feel I'm definitely right about this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, even again, I'll, I'll ask the people on the board, like even diehard Lakers fans who slander the Celtics at any opportunity, I think we're offended by that. <laughs> I mean, like Nikola. But, oh, okay, but fine. But who, right, put, put Larry Bird in today's NBA? But you, but you have you have, guarding, but but you but I guess okay maybe some of the guarding issues could that could be there but it's not like it's not like he'd be the only superstar who can't guard 
I mean, you know, there there are superstar level players who are not incredible defenders. I mean, absolutely. I, I, you know, J- James Harden has won an MVP, and he lost interest in defending the minute he left OKC. So, I mean, it's it's yeah, possible. James Harden, James Harden is a disaster on defense unless he's in the post. Yes, right. So, I mean, it it is possible to do these things without being an incredible defender. So. Sure. I, I, sure. I think, you know, I mean, Bird, who knows? I mean, Bird might have ended up. Bird is his, there, there's no way that his back would have been wrecked today the way that it was then. Yes. That he's also, I, I agree with that. There's also, he's probably better off not laying. He doesn't have to lay on the baseline every time he comes out of the game in series against the Indiana Pacers and Chuck Person. Yes. I agree yeah. I mean, that. like the, the, the training. You think Nikola, Nikola Miritich and booty shorts is too far? It's a I do. little far. Now, okay, let's reverse this. How do you think Miritich does in the 80s? I think he's the same. <laughs> he's he the same might, in guy. fact, I think he might be Larry Bird. <laughs> that, oh, wow. No, he doesn't. No, Larry, Bird was an incredible passer. I, I think that's the most underrated part of Bird's game was his passing. He was an incredible that, passer. That and all the, all the like close quarter stuff, you guys are right, all the close quarter stuff with, with him and Parrish and Mikhail is fair. I just think Larry Bird is the most overrated superstar all-time player. Okay, ever. okay. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Why do you think that? Um, because I don't. I think that, like, generally the um, the best players, all the all-time best players, have physical advantages that Larry Bird just doesn't have. Okay. Right. Even even if you, even if you go back. Even if you go back years and years and years, right? <clears throat> Even if you go back before Larry Bird, all of the best players um, were generally physical marvels, even in their era. And so I wonder, like, if you were to take Larry Bird right now and put him against any three, like three slash four in this era, that I don't, is and play him one on one. I don't know how Larry Bird. I don't. Okay. I just, I just don't think he can. Like, I don't know how he scores. That this Go, is actually, if Larry Bird played LeBron one on one. Oh, LeBron would destroy. But that's not the point. Like one on one. But Kevin like, imagine Larry Bird playing with. Imagine Larry Bird playing with LeBron. I mean, he's. I would think he's getting buckets, but Nikola Mirotic would get buckets too. <laughs> you keep bringing it back. Just like Kyle, Cor- Kyle Korver got buckets. Not you, Aaron Larsoul. We've learned tonight is Aaron Larsoul is a secret near Nikola Mirotic stand. Jesse Phelps says, "God damn it, Larsoul is making me want to defend Bird. This could not be more wrong." <laughs> well, I have my A's hat on. It's almost it's almost uh, Celtics colors. So. Howard Cosell says, "I'm searing my steak with these hot takes that Aaron is dropping." I don't. But you know like, what? The, this actually it. is an interesting point, though, that you bring up with Bird defensively, specifically. The defense that you have to play in such a spread era, yeah, that's actually interesting. Like the idea, because like one of the things that I think gets lost when people who want to criticize this era talk about the lack of hand checking and the advantage that creates, you know, for yeah, sure. I, I understand all that. And like, you know, that it's nobody defends now. It is so hard to cover the amount of space. Yeah, you got a lot of ground to cover. You, you have to be moving. Constantly yeah, I mean, in this like, NBA. Let's have, let's have, right, you know, they, they do all of these, um, 
these these scenarios, right? These hypotheticals, the whatever 15, 16 or whatever Warriors against those Bulls or the the last year's Lakers against the 2001 Lakers or what, like whatever you want. Fine, right? Like you go run a one, three pick and roll and have Larry Bird have to switch on to Steph Curry or Trey Young or Dame Lillard. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, but like, but this gets, but this is your original, this is your point. And I, this is why I think cross era comparisons, particularly something in the NBA, when, you know, back in the day, you know, a six, a, that's a Magic Johnson was an alien. He was a yeah. six, nine, power, you know, body of a power forward playing point card. Yeah. They're like seven of those guys in the NBA now. You know, yeah. I mean, no, Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, was he like was, that, he was an alien. Yeah. Until Penny Hardaway, he was like the only one. Yeah. Like that was like there, there, you know, Wilt Chamberlain was this thing that you know did not exist until he came. Yeah, but along. see, but that's kind of my point. Like Wilt Chamberlain, his body and athleticism. Like, is he going to score fifty a night now? No, but Wilt Chamberlain was an alien. Sure, and he. But that's why. But that's like, why. But that's why then. But Larry Bird. That's the thing. Like Larry Bird, like a six-nine shooter. That's like really intelligent but doesn't move that well there's a thousand of those guys now yeah and, and, and you know wilt would would be wilt you know he'd be you know a hall of famer in any era but like he, he wouldn't be routinely averaging 33 rebounds for like a season no. and, like and, that's right like i vacillate between larry bird probably isn't even a rotation player in this nba and like larry bird wow. is fine but like Again. Damn! I mean, even Nikola Mirotic was was a rotation player in this NBA. I mean, come on! But that's the point, right? Like, so it's like Larry Bird and like like which which Antetokounmpo do we have? I always forget. Costas. Like, so it's Larry Bird Costas. and Costas just sitting on the end of the bench, going, "Come on, I need give me my two Costas, minutes of garbage Costas, time." If they played one on one, Costas would roast Larry Bird. Wow! Costas would destroy Larry Bird if they played one on one. Oh, destroy him. That's a hell of a thing. He'd, destroy, he'd, embarrass, he'd embarrass him. He'd embarrass him. Why, again, why do we think that throughout time, like, the basketball is the one human endeavor that does not advance? No, no, it's more just about Bird, specifically. <laughs> like, it, it's not even... I, no, I, I'm not, I I'm just, I don't, like, I don't get it. I'm Larry Bird... No, you're right. I mean, but that's, but that, that was the point I was making is... One of the best shooters ever? Probably. We don't know. Probably. Right, but like in the when when I was a kid, a large left tackle was two hundred and ninety pounds, two hundred eight. Like the three hundred pound lineman was like, "Whoa, that's a big boy." Right. If you if you're not three thirty playing left tackle now, you're you're right little. without the ability to run around and right with three thirty running a four six forty. Right. Like, yeah. Andrew Whitworth is. One of the most just draw jaw dropping specimens you he will ever see up close. Human he being. is this mountain of a person who yeah. also like has feet like a ballerina. <laughs> like yeah. it's unbelievable what he does, especially at this age. Like you have to really want to do it. Like you have to really want to be out there. He is, I believe, thirty seven years old, playing offensive lineman, left tackle. He's thirty eight. 39? 39. 39. Good yeah. Lord. And it, and it's still it's still damn good. Six yes. seven three thirty-five. Very little fat on the man. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really because like you know, there are some linemen you see that obviously you know they're strong. They are in incredible shape despite their guts. 
but they nonetheless have pretty damn big guts. Andrew Whitworth, like Brian said, none of that. Right, like Aaron Donald, like we're first, you know, off the oh defensive lineman used to look like you know sloppy. Aaron Donald looks like a bodybuilder. Aaron Donald without a shirt on is one of the most like, and I, you know, you yeah, let people it's in behind the, the curtain. Like when you go see. into a locker room, it's like it is for obvious reasons. You're not supposed to like just stare at people because <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <laughs> right. They're, like you wouldn't want to be stared at in it. Like they're more human beings who don't want to be stared at while they're getting dressed. And Aaron Donald is is hard to look at. It's like you're just like I don't understand how a person can right. look like that and move the way he moves. It's one thing to just be so yoked out. Like I've you know there are people. But like to be that and still be able to move, it's like I don't, I don't uh, like LeBron is right. very similar. Like watching LeBron, it, it, and I hope after the pandemic is over, this is something I've said to people many times. If you've never been to a Laker game, and I know it's expensive, and I know it can be hard to get there, and all these other things, it's worth yeah. saving your money to be able to see LeBron one time because he actually doesn't translate to television. No, um, what, like the, the size of LeBron, he's literally a superhero. Yeah, the size of LeBron and the way he moves and the athleticism at his size doesn't come through on TV. When you see it, when you see it up close, when you see it, person get down there for you know pregame shooting or whatever you can do just to see it. It's it's hard not to just sort of stare at the guy and go, I don't understand how you and I are technically the right. same species. <laughs> right. So. Quick story, uh, and by the way, this this is a story to um, elucidate that it, like it's not by accident, right? Like LeBron won the genetic lottery, but it's also not by accident. Um, we were this is his first no, it was last year, last season, which feels like a hundred years ago at this point. We we had left, uh, I think it was Dallas, and went to San Antonio. We get into San Antonio at whatever time in the morning and go, I go to my room, go to sleep and I get up and this is game day, right? Game day in San Antonio. And I get up at like six something cause sleeping is, I, I don't sleep anyway, but like, it's always, you're on the road so much, like your sleep is always off. So I get up at like six o'clock, uh, central time in San Antonio, which is like four o'clock, uh, Pacific time, right? Which we're used to. I go down to the gym in the hotel and I'm, I'm getting a little workout in. I see, uh, Dudley is in there. So I was up to him, do my little workout. I go to the other side and I see Coos. Hey, what's up, man? And all of that clears out. And then I go to the complete other side of the gym and LeBron is in there with a full sweat like pouring out sweat and I've been in there like half an hour at this point. I'm trying to get my little workout in and LeBron has clearly been in there longer than I've been in there. He's an hour or hour plus in, and this is a game day and he is pouring out sweat, getting a full workout in with Mike Nancy as his trainer. And I just go, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, what's up, man? You know, I say, what's up to him. He says hi to me. I go like, this dude is just different. We just got in a couple hours before this, and he is at six o'clock in the morning central time, four o'clock in the morning our time, has already been in the gym for an hour and a half, getting a full sweat in before a game later on that it's, night. He's just different. It's crazy. 
Honestly, you, if, if you get a chance to see what these guys do before games, for most of us, we'd be like, all right. Like they come back and they're they're like fully sweat. They go shower again because they just did a like a, a work like on court work that for most of us would constitute our workout for the day. All and then they go back and different. play a game. All of these guys are different, and then LeBron is different again. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. LeBron. LeBron often practices without a shirt, and then when practice gets opened up for us, we come in there and we see the tail end of these practices where LeBron is, you know, doing his work, no shirt. It's kind of a jerk move, to be honest. <laughs> you don't love it? <laughs> like he's putting us all to shame, and I Dick feel move. like there is some man. Yeah, there is some degree of like troll element to that. Like, do you like do you remember uh, during that first year with the Lakers when he got hurt and he didn't practice? Yeah, for was, like yeah, six, yeah, I was at the game Christmas Day in Golden State. I was there. Yeah, he didn't practice for like six weeks and like really by his own admission didn't do much for like several weeks. And the first right. practice we're in, he's shirtless, and I'm like, this is LeBron's version of dad bod. Like, like he let himself go. Like <laughs> eating all like, the blaze pizza. Right? Yeah, like, man, screw you. Like, seriously. Like, this really makes the rest of us just look so pathetic. My 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 favorite moment of that though was actually uh when Corey Brewer was a Laker. And so, you know, he, he, he came over yeah, from LeBron's Houston. first year, yeah. Right, didn't play well. It was off, whatever. And I, you know, he was talking about. It. And Corey was among the nicest people. He's the best yeah. that you will ever meet. Just a, a wonderful guy. And he was yeah. sort of trying. You know, not trying to make excuses. Like, yeah, I was way out of shape and overweight. And I'm looking <laughs> at him like, what? <laughs> like, like skinny as like like you. He's over. Like what? But that was his explanation. Yeah, the, um, only, the I think the only like NBA player that actually looks like the rest of us is james harden when james when james harden gets puffy james harden is puffy. Yes, he does. james yeah, harden yeah. looks like the rest <laughs> like what out of there's and some magazine he right should there. be more popular because of that all right uh before before we let you go yeah um lest you think that nobody has been noticing what you've been doing um we have this anthony tassos uh, at Ciro's Greece points out Aaron Larsoul flexing the ring with the Cam brothers right now. Uh, people have noticed the ring. Have they? Yes. So let's let's see it. Let's see the whole thing here. Nice. Wow. Look at that. There. Look at that. Just a little something, something to wear, you know, yeah, around. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. That it, now, w- when you meet strangers, what position do you tell them you play? We lost you. A two way, like a uh, like a very distant two way. Um, <laughs> I say, hi, my name is Costas Antetokounmpo. Right, you guys didn't see me with my two way, right? Uh, no, I didn't play a lot last year with the two way. It's um, it's spelled C A C O K. My name's yeah. I play, I play bench, is what. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I play don't play, is what. It Come is. On, but you're t- Aaron. You're tall enough uh, that you. Uh, no, you're tall no. enough. You're tall enough that you could pull off guard. Uh, I mean, I'm like six one on a good day, but um, God, am I that short? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm six. Yeah, I, I, I will. I mean, you know, you're no Mike Trudell, but you're not I, exactly, you know, skilled. <laughs> like, has anybody ever, has anybody mean, ever called you like that? I thought you were um, taller than that. I thought you were like six three. 
No, six six one on a good day. Um, oh. He just projects tall. That yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Uh, God, yeah, oh my goodness! It's, it's all that confidence. It's all that Larry Bird slander. Anybody confident enough to call Who Larry could, Bird? I don't. Uh, I Nikola might give Larry Bird the work. Booty shorts has I, enough confidence to in booty shorts. I, I might give Larry Bird the work. I pissed off Trudell so much Uh-oh. because, because oh, he, I mean, I did this on air. He's aware of it. I, I, it, it. This was public. No, I need to hear it. But Trudell is an like an inch or so taller than me. But I told Trudell him. Is like, Trudell is 5'9 on a good day. Trudell right. is 5'9. Trudell yeah, and I are the same. I'm 5'9. Okay. And I told him that I think people think I'm taller than you. Because I project taller. Okay. And he didn't believe me. And we put this out on a poll. Just who do you think is taller? <laughs> me or Mike Trudell? And I won. And it really angered him. <laughs> like, well, it I just made it because when people call us short, like I had a guy I was putting back in the day when I, you know, I used to play pickup basketball. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, you end up random shit happens. I almost I accidentally almost broke Tay Diggs' nose once. I mean, I was I felt awful. Yeah, okay, I, I like I like the celebrity. I didn't mean to celebrity I, you know, game. You, I like this. You just accidentally like you're moving, you you swing your arm around and you catch right. somebody in the face and happen to be Tay Diggs, you know, beautiful face. Um, I thought I was, have a beautiful face. Down, I was gonna shut down shooting on Gray's Anatomy for like three weeks actually. <laughs> Wait, um, what was the doctor's the McDreamy and Steamy or something? Yes. You, were, you were messing all that up. Tay Diggs wasn't either one of them. Okay. Uh, right. This is the thing. Like but so, but like this guy wow, is like wow, six. Wow, Jesse, how are you gonna six, nine? <laughs> well, which one of you two is posting the uh, the comments from everybody else? <laughs> no, but there's a the burner. Like, you know, okay. Right, so he's like six. Kicks the ball in the post, and I'm trying to guard him. And definitionally, I'm five nine. Okay. Me leaning up against him is sort of in his lower back. Like I, I can't reach any higher than that. Yeah. And he turns to shoot, and he starts screaming at me. You try to undercut me like that, I'm gonna fucking dunk on your ass. It's gonna be. I'm like, dude. Tay Diggs is not dunking on anybody. You are a no. Tay Diggs is shorter than I am. I think. Right. I was like, dude, you are a foot taller than me. Okay. <laughs> like you're gonna dunk. <laughs> So, like, when people call us short on the air, my answer is, uh-huh. I, I mean, I'm 5'9". Like, I'm a, when you call Trudell short on air because he's so competitive, um, he yeah, doesn't Trudell like it. Is, uh, he gets yeah. very angry when you call him yeah, short. Yeah, so, uh, so in my, like, one of my experiences where, right, I just said, I said earlier that, like, NBA guys are different, right? So, one of my experiences with that i used to work for the trailblazers for a, a bunch a long time and still to this day one of my real close friends played there joel prisbillis one of my still to oh, this yeah. day very close friend. <laughs> p-r-z-y-v-i-l-l-a <laughs> so he's he's still to this day one of my really close friends so um one summer i go to uh, milwaukee he was living in milwaukee from portland i go out to milwaukee to work out with him Keep an eye on him. Just see how he's doing for one one summer. And uh, for those that don't remember Joel, he was just a like bruiser. He was he was good. Yeah. He was a good player. But he's right, a banger. Uh, all he did was he started for a while in Portland and was a good player. He had like twenty six rebounds. Still, has, I think he has the Blazers record for rebounds. But all he would do, he, he would block a bunch of shots. He would rebound. He would set screens. He would elbow you in the mouth. He was a banger. He was a thug, right? Like he was an enforcer. He was the vanilla gorilla. That's that is one of his nicknames in an era 
in an era where that was like that was a thing in the NBA. Yeah. Right. So never like never, never shot the ball, never dribbled in an NBA game. None of that. So I go out to I go out to work out with him. I was okay, you know. I'm six one. I okay. I played point guard when I played, right? Like I was okay, fine, whatever. So I go uh, and I, like in practice, I would like I would scrimmage with the Blazers some, whatever. So I go out to uh, I go out to work out with him, and we're gonna play one on one. He hasn't touched a basketball in months. This is the off season. So him playing me one-on-one is the first time he's touched a basketball in months. This dude who has ne- never dribbles, never takes a jump shot in an NBA game is crossing three, three me. He's seven in. foot one. He's crossing me over, embarrassing me, laying the ball up, dunking on me, shooting fadeaway jumpers. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Where is all of this? <laughs> These guys, the guys are just different. And then, like, Brian, to your point, he was – so then he finally is like, okay, I'm done embarrassing you, crossing you over. I'm going to now take you down in the post. He goes down in the oh post God. and swings an elbow at me. Oh, my like, God. Like, with the ball up here just to, you know, get a post move. Elbows me in the neck just because my elbows oh, are – his elbows oh. are at the, at the height of my neck. Oh. I couldn't I couldn't turn my head for four weeks. Because he elbowed oh me, in the, he elbowed me in the neck and then dunked on me. Dude, take you feel it. bad? I'm trying to like, I'm trying to build the bridge. Like, <laughs> let me put it in your back. Here I am, guarding Dude, you in the post. Frisbilla elbow sounds awful. Oh my god, that sounds awful. That sounds nice. horrific. Nah, he's good people. That's my. That's, By the way, for bad. anybody out there who's just like Joel Frisbilla, Joel Frisbilla played 592 NBA games. He played what is it? It's something like like it looks like he played for 13 seasons. And made forty four million dollars. That's, that's my man. Yeah, he was a he was yeah a, he'd be uh, my he man was, too. He was, he was the ninth pick, I think, in two thousand one. He was the ninth pick at Atlanta and traded on draft day to Milwaukee. Played some with Milwaukee, mostly known for playing with the Blazers. He got traded to we traded him to uh, Charlotte and came back to the Blazers. And actually, I actually talked to him today and made fun of him because he had an opportunity to go when he was a free agent. Uh, he had an opportunity to go play with LeBron. Uh, Pat Riley was trying to was recruiting him, was was laying out the red carpet, trying to get him to play in Miami. Uh, and he came back to Portland. And so I made fun of him for not having a ring because he should have. I, I told him at the time he should have gone to Miami and he did not. <laughs> That's awesome. Jesse Phelps, the Dan Gadzurich, Joel Prisbillo, the Blazer days gave rise to the best portmanteau ever among my circle, Gadzbilla. <laughs> this from Monty 10, Joel was more than service. Hey, I, feel yeah, like he was. I feel like that's the kind of thing like he would happily put on his tombstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than on his business card. More yeah. than serviceable. <laughs> I All take right, that. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good little career. More time before we go. No, no, the other one, the grotesque one. Oh, that Not one, the, the grotesque ah! one. Ah! Oof. Jeez. Hell, man, that is disgusting. Well, so I, you know what's funny is uh, I actually, my intent was to get this for my right hand. My intent was to wear it on my right middle finger and... Uh, <laughs> Just in so case you ever... Oh, my hand was in a cast when I, when, I, <laughs> when I went to get measured. So I got measured my left middle finger. I got measured and tried to get a little bigger. Because apparently your dominant hand, the fingers on your dominant hand are a little bigger. Yes. Um, but these ones are not, 
available yet. I can't straighten them to even try. So we don't know yet. So hopefully maybe one day we'll get this on this hand, but no. That wedding hand does not fit on my right ring finger. Yeah. No, I can't straighten it. All right, best, uh, best but I'm gonna bring it next time. Next time I get to see you boys in person, I'm gonna bring it and, and uh, damn right, yeah, you guys do the thing. We'll go bowling. Uh, <laughs> I better, I better roll a hundred. Aaron, Lar- yeah, or you're less of a man. Aaron Larsoul, host of the uh, official Lakers podcast, not like that uh, pirate bullshit that Andy and I do every week. Um, <laughs> Are you coming up Monday, we'll do a uh, Lando Lakers crossover following the the big Martin Luther King slate of day uh, games, uh, including Lakers versus Warriors. Tuesday, Nate Duncan will stick with the NBA. And Wednesday, we're going quad box, uh, oh. either doing a Rams postmortem or a Rams preview for the NFC Championship game. Uh, the Rams are getting their brains beat in. From the Athletic. Uh, the, the, the Rams are getting their brains beat in. No. It's a possibility. Yeah. Poss- but all either way, the, the all Cal quarterbacks go Bears, my my Golden Bears. Aaron either way, Rogers, Jared Goff, let's get it. It'll be it'll be fun with uh, Jordan Rodriguez and Rich Hammond. Either way, the eleven personnel they both cover the Lake uh, the Rams for the Athletics. So that will be coming up. Everybody have a great weekend. Again, thank you to our dude Aaron Larsoul. See everyone Monday. Don't you need a lot. Oh, remember watch the. Lake.